0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Which path should we take? Which direction should we go? If we have to go anywhere nowadays, most of us can map it out on our phones, or if we really want to be judicious, we can print out the directions ahead of time in case there's not good reception, where we're going. We can tell, though, a lot about where we are going when we look at the road or path that takes us there. So this is a path in, in Austin, or as my boys say, in Austin town that we went. And you can tell a little bit about the path as, as you see it. You know, it's kind of wide. A lot of people go on, on this path. It's, it's shady, it's by a fence. You can see a little bit by the path. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus speaks of how wide the road is that leads to destruction and how narrow the road is which leads to life. Narrow roads don't look fun. There are basically two reasons why a road is narrow. The first is that people rarely use it. The second is that it is geographically limited. You see this here. There's a narrow road going up the hill, and there's a wide road going down the hill. Which road should we take? There's a reason for, for roads to be, be narrow. There's a, they're usually a natural impediment as well. Roads are living things. Even after they are, after they are paved, they are not static. Roads crack. The earth shifts concrete expands. We don't think about solids expanding or contracting a lot unless we're in materials science or engineering um, or construction. My grandfather owned a construction company um, for a lot of his life that specialized in building roads and really like concrete roads in the Galveston county area. He poured a lot of concrete in his life. He could look at the concrete and see what kind of pour it was. He could look at the gaps around it and see when it would crack because he could look at the concrete and see how much it was going to expand because concrete expands and contracts. Roads don't last forever. They wear down from use or they wear down from a lack of use as nature overwhelms them. But just because a road works now doesn't mean it will work forever. Roads and paths change. What is a narrow road today could be a wide road tomorrow. Before 1972, In order to cross Colorado and go west by car, you had to take Loveland Pass, which sits about 10 feet shy of 12,000 feet. Here's a a video of someone took about driving up to Loveland Pass, which, you know, it looks lovely. Doesn't that look like a a lovely drive? 12,000 feet is one of those elevation points, which when you're hiking, it starts, the wind gets knocked out of you. I have a wall usually about 12,500, but 12,000 feet is, is really, really hard. The Loveland Pass is a winding road. Look, two lanes. You can't really expand beyond the two lanes. And so it, it takes about an hour to cross it if you're trying to go west. You know, if you're trying to go skiing, it's a wonderful road. If you want to do like sightsee driving, it's a wonderful road. If you're trying to take business from Denver West, it is a dreadful thing to take. Now, in um, in 1972, the Eisenhower Tunnel was built. This is um, in 1982, the Johnson Tunnel was built as well. But so these are the two tunnels. They sit at 11,158 feet, which you know is still 11,000 feet, right? It doesn't make that much of a difference. But look at what's above it. Look at what's above it. Um, 900 feet is enormous in building roads. 900 feet is enormous in climbing a mountain. The difference in oxygen in your body between 11,100. And 12,000 feet is noticeable for even people in the best of shape. And so, with this, a road has become passable. And so, a road that before 1972 and really before 1992 was really hard to drive through, kept people from going that way, kept business from Denver going west. They would just go south or north. Instead, after that time, the road has widened. Now, many people can travel. The road. Has changed. The road has changed. Sheepfold is one of those words that only is really used in churches now a day's. Shepherds or, or ranchers who, who look after sheep just call it a gate. Um, the sheepfold gate. It's the, the gate the sheep go through. It's just called a gate. It's not, not something special. As well, most of the time, humans don't really like being called sheep. Now look at look at all these sheep who are gathering, and so that's a there's a lot of sheep going through a gate. Look at all of them; it's kind of mesmerizing at first. But does it look like much fun? Like bumping into everybody and going through that gate? Pretty unoriginal, right? Being being a being a sheep, following all the sheep, listening to those sheep dogs. I mean, pretty pretty silly, right? And uh, and so there's a there's a meme as well. That many of you may have seen that is um wake up sheeple and so it's usually a lot of guys usually guys um some more sometimes more clean shaven than me and with a, a baseball cap on oftentimes in a truck and they they stare at their phone or at a camera and say wake up sheeple did you know fluoride is put in the water just to make us docile or things like that. And so um wake up, sheeple, this idea that, that if you don't follow this conspiracy theory, then you are the, you are the one who is being deceived. But what Jesus says is this anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The point of faith is not to find your own unique way to God. Or to stand apart and judge other people in their paths. Like folks yelling at their phone, Wake up, sheeple! Faith brings us to God. And so that we, and in that we have the greatest of freedoms. The freedom God offers is not the freedom of free choice. It is not about a set of options in which we choose from a menu a la carte. It's not like, oh, I'm going to pick, pick this and pick this and pick this and pick this and pick this. That's not what God offers to us, It's not like an Applebee's menu that you get like, oh, look at all these choices. That is not freedom. You're still at Applebee's, which is fine if you, if you like that. Instead, God offers us the even greater freedom to love beyond ourselves. The freedom to not put ourselves at the center of the universe. And you can see how freeing this is with the passage from Acts 2 that Ray read. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill to all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The people are free and acted freely, giving everything to each other. No one was compelled by anyone else. They knew what to do because they had ceased to fully, to think only of their desires. This did not make them robots, but truly free people who follow the road through the living gate of Jesus Christ. But Acts, Acts 2 and John 10, these two texts from the New Testament, echo what David wrote hundreds of years before. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... From Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. All my needs are satisfied because Jesus is my shepherd. I don't need to steal anything. I don't need to climb over the fence because I know that my shepherd is good. There is freedom in not wanting because we realize all our desires are already completed in our shepherd. The world tries to make us desire all sorts of things, make us desire new cars, fancy meals, clothes, hobbies, jobs, houses, social media followers, money. If we desire more than anything to have thousands of followers on YouTube or Instagram, are we really free? Are we free in that? If we desire more than anything certain cars or stuff or jobs or people in our life, are we really free or are we making ourselves slaves to those desires, those desires that don't lead to anything beyond themselves, those desires that don't make us anything more than who we thought we were. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Shall I make my own way or should I go through the gate? The gate is both the door through which Jesus enters and it is Jesus himself. Jesus shows how to live and welcomes us as the gateway to new life. As one commentator wrote, the door is not something that narrows things down. One can go through in both directions. It is only a sign that tells us that the path truly goes there. It truly goes to where we are wanting to go. One does not remain standing in the door, but goes in and out here and there. Within the church, one has this freedom to make use of the path in all directions. The point of a door is not to stand in the door. And you stood in the door all your life, it would be really constricting. You wouldn't be able to go anywhere. But the door itself is not constricting you. It is yourself who's choosing not to enter or leave. Jesus is the door to life. We should pull away from lies and gateways that tell us that we can save ourselves or that tell us that humility and kindness is weakness. The path can seem narrow and the door small, but there is no constraint to God's love. As that commentator continued, the Lord himself makes no distinction between those sheep who have been with the flock for a long time already and those sheep who have come recently. Between those who are more faithful to him and those who are less faithful to him. He does not separate the sheep into classes and categories. In the sheepfold, all have the same rights. It is not about whether you've been a Christian all your life or just yesterday you realize that you are loved by God. You are welcomed. God is here and calls you by name. The voice of God is calling. Even if the path seems narrow, life is there for you. Even if the gate seems small, light is there for you. Jesus says that the sheep hear his voice. You may think, I've never heard a voice in my head of God. You may, but you may not. You may not have heard a voice in your head. In fact, many conceptions of God make God entirely external to us, another object in the universe like any other object. But the God of Jesus Christ is not this giant puppet master really far away choosing to control us or not. God does not have a binary relationship to us or to the universe. God is the one in whom we live and move and have our being. God is the creator. God is not an object of creation. God is the creator of all things. If God is with us, that doesn't mean we are no longer here. God does not replace us. God does not displace us. We don't lose ourself when we follow God. In fact, we become more of who we were created to be. God fulfills us. The voice of God is in us now, is in you now, the desire to care for others, the hope for others, health and life, the inspiration to act in this world. The voice of God is not the same as your conscience, but God speaks in our desires, and in so doing transforms them, moving us from a path of destruction and self-destruction to a path of life. The gate is offered to us. The path is before us, the path of love. Following a shepherd does not make us weak, but strong. We don't want anymore, not because we lack the capacity to desire things, but that we are fulfilled in God who gives us his life. We see that in the life of Jesus Christ. We see that in the resurrection Of Jesus Christ in this Easter season. It is still Easter. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We don't need what the media, politicians, influencers tell us we need. We don't need that kind of life. You have life with God now. The voice of God is calling this day. The gate seems narrow to the ways of the world, but it is wide and it is free. Hear the words. Step into freedom. Realize that you are loved. You have nothing to prove. You have nothing to fear. When the virus is gone and people and schools gather and return, you don't have to go back to the same life you had before. The voice of God is calling you this day to something new, a new freedom. The Lord is our shepherd. Let us follow him. In the name of the Father,